0: This is the BroStorm Sports Podcast. On this week's episode, we go in-depth on Super Bowl 57. Chiefs got the victory. Pat Mahomes is MVP. We're going to cover it all. Stay with us throughout.
1: It's BroStorm Sports with your hosts, Sasha and Scott Bushka. He's a sports talk show host named Sasha, named after Sasha Radunovic. And Scott's a wisdom-seeking, educated, networking guy who works in the sports industry. Featuring Intern P, the
0: basement beer pong world champion. So put on your bro coat. It's time for a bro storm. Welcome into Bro Storm Sports. It is Monday, February 13th, the day after the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. I'm your host, Sasha Bushka, joined by my brother, Scott Bushka, and intern P. Scott and I are pretty fired up. Fellas, how we doing tonight?
1: What is up, fellas? Intern P, how are you feeling? Are you bitter because Joe Burrow's not in the Super Bowl? Are you mad no, because no. you had to celebrate with the Chiefs? Are you mad because your father-in-law took his shirt off at the bar? How you feeling? It was fine. He wow. did take his
2: shirt off at the bar. It was impressive. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of people there, so I was very impressed with that. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for you guys. I, I won't. I'm not going to be mean. I, I was rooting for the Chiefs. So I put a wager on it. So I'm happy for you guys. Uh, I didn't want to see the Eagles win, but it's okay.
0: Just to right. clarify, uh, Scott was referring to me with my shirt off on the bar. I am he's stepdad, not his father-in-law. But oh, uh, <laughs> same, same, same I, difference, right? I wasn't the only. <laughs> yeah, basically. I wasn't the only guy with his shirt off at the bar, but. The other guy with his shirt off at the bar has also been on Bro Storm Sports before. It was our very own Felix Johnson. So,
1: yeah, I am. Uh, well, I want to hear. I want to I want to I want to hear a little bit about your your guys viewing experience and celebrations for the Chiefs. I'm like a weird combination of, well, definitely hungover, um, happy for the Chiefs. I'm a little I'm a little bit depressed that there's no more football to watch or talk about after this episode. Um I you want to know something very pathetic? I uh I put on a replay of the game tonight as we were getting the kids I, ready for bed because I'm like I just like no no more football to watch. I actually just watched the entire game
0: uh <laughs> right before we got on the show. Oh my our lives are so We can so miss it down we'll to be, three hours.
2: <laughs> was, it, was it better the first time uh, or the second time?
0: Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to know a lot more about what happened this time around because of that rewatch. Yeah. But
1: I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it was still a hold in turn P. Still a hold. I know. I, it, was a,
0: it was so soft, though.
1: Yeah,
2: maybe it was a hold, but two games in a row uh, with the rest? I don't know. I don't know.
0: NFL rigged. We will definitely get into the game. Uh, just to, to kind of wrap on the viewing experience a little bit, we we went P and I went to a watering hole, uh, yeah, and Abby man. for the first quarter. Real and, <laughs> um, It it was it was a good experience. However, I will say, like for the first half of the game, and we got there at like two thirty. The game starts at five thirty Central Time, so I was kind of being careful to pace myself. First half of the game, sure. yeah, I was drinking a few high noons, going a little slow all that stuff. And then halftime hit and we were down 10. And I was just like, the only way the chiefs are going to win this game is if I fired up. So I went straight killer lights team. and wheel shots for, you got to do it for the team. three hours. I respect it. All worth it. Um, so how much
2: of, how much a percentage of that win are you taking Sasha? It sounds like it's, it was you, you were out there, you were being Patrick Mahomes.
0: I would say
1: at least, 15 percent yeah wow i mean i would say we did some uh, i watched over at our older brother seth's house um we did well we did we didn't take off our shirts at a bar we weren't at a bar but seth threw a party we did take a few shots right at halftime right before the second half started to get to get a little good juju no pun intended go go in the chief's way um so yeah man chiefs Second Super Bowl in four years, Um, three Super Bowls in four years. Maybe the makings of a dynasty. So, um, yeah, pretty fired up about it. I do have a question for you guys, though. Uh,
2: Was this Super Bowl as good as the first one, or did that first one feel a little bit different?
1: I'll let you
0: field that first, Scott.
1: For me, the – and I don't know if this is just because I – for me, the first one was way sweeter. Cause it's like you watch the Chiefs for thirty plus years, never get anything, and then that first that first one, and maybe it's because I was in Kansas City, I didn't have my kids with me. Um, we got to party with a bunch of old school Chiefs fans. Um, but that w- that one was special. This one was fun, but it fe- it all feels like so not surprising at this point that I think it's a- I think it's just a slightly different feeling.
0: Yeah, I I think a lot of it hinges too on like the experience. You personally have with the with the game. I I was on a work trip when the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl, and I, I managed to find a good time a little bit. I was in Orlando, so I actually did go to Disney World and look at Patrick Mahomes the next day from about thirty feet away. So it was a different experience, but this one was really fun Dude, to celebrate wait, with my friends. So it
1: was like it was like you and 4 year olds.
0: Actually. So I was trying to get a look at his Disneyland experience today and see like what the Chiefs fan experience was like, because in Orlando, it was 100% Chiefs jerseys everywhere on the streets of Disney World when he got there. But the Super Bowl was in Miami. It was only a couple hours away. People just drove up from Miami to Orlando to check it out. But. So this one I, I really enjoy. It's the first Chiefs Super Bowl win that I got to celebrate with friends, other Chiefs fr- fans. So that made it a different experience. But it, it's hard to rival the first one because you never thought the Chiefs could get over the hump before that. You'd just been watching them lose playoff games your whole life, um, and obviously you felt like something was different with Patrick Mahomes, but you didn't know until you knew. And and, and now it's like you nothing's taken for granted. You don't. There's no guarantees of winning a Super Bowl any given season, but you're not surprised uh, when he performs well in a big game.
2: Right? I just don't understand how he keeps doing it. I mean, game after game, he's down by 10, down by 14. And I don't, I mean, there was never a point in that game I was like, the Chiefs are going to lose. Like, the whole entire second half, after that first drive, they had it in the bag. I mean.
0: I, I, w- yeah. I will say this to to get into the game a little bit. I, I felt reasonably okay at halftime. I, I was nervous, but like I felt like we had a good chance. But if the Chiefs weren't getting the second half kickoff, I would have felt a lot worse. Um and a lot less confident because like all of a sudden you could be down seventeen before you even get the ball in the second half.
1: Yeah, I mean so so we're getting into the game here. I thought it was a great game. I'm sure we'll get into the holding call, but it, it could have probably been even better if there was a, a slightly different ending um, if you're not a Chiefs fan. But uh, it, I, I agree with you, Sasha. The first half went probably exactly the way the Eagles would have drawn it up, except for one play, right? Yeah. Which was that it was a massive play because at the time when Jalen Hurts fumbled that ball, which Nick Bolton sc- scoops up and scores, it looked like the eagles were going to go in like it looked like they were going to go in and score a touchdown on every drive right like they were just marching down the field somehow we could not get them off the field we actually got them into a bunch of third longs and couldn't get them off the field yeah um sure. so it looks like they're going to go in 21-7 um instead it's 14-14 and they still managed to go up 10 but if that play doesn't happen shit it could have been Twenty. It could have been twenty-four-seven. It could have been. It it really could have been thirty-one-seven. Yeah.
0: It. It kind of depends on. Obviously, it always depends on what happens next. But the one thing I will say about that play is, it was third and six. If if he didn't drop the ball and fumble it, he was definitely getting tackled for a loss there. So he was he was going to be punting it. They were going to be punting it away on the next play. Um, In a weird way. Like obviously the play was good for the Chiefs, um, and 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 an exciting play, but in a weird way, it kind of flipped the game script the way the Eagles wanted it even more because they got two consecutive drives, and all of their drives were like eight minutes long, so it, it really like stymied the Chiefs' offense getting into any rhythm, and that's why it was really good that they got the ball first in the second half because they were able to come out, get on the field right away, get into a rhythm, and you knew if they scored a touchdown right there. Now it's a three-point game. You've got a whole new ball game. But if – like, obviously, the Eagles only scored one touchdown in the second half, but I think they only had the ball three times. So the the Chiefs kind of completely flipped the script in the second half of what, what the Eagles did to them in the first half.
1: Yeah, so the uh, – I was reading an article. Mahomes had a QBR – of ninety nine in the second half, out of a the, the highest possible QBR is a hundred, um, and I'm pretty sure that's only because of those two negative yardage kneel downs on the last two plays. The Chiefs had four possessions um, in overtime. The first three possess- possessions were touchdowns, and the fourth one probably could have been right, but yeah. McKinnon stopped on the one yard line. They ba- like they basically played a perfect second half. Um, and Sasha, I think you're right. Chiefs had four possessions. Eagles only had three. Um, and they, if I'm not mistaken, Chiefs forced them to punt those first two. Uh, they, they, scored, the, they scored. on the third one. They or, kicked sorry. the field goal on the first one. Yeah. They field, field goal forced, forced one punt. punt Touchdown, two point conversion. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that the drive where they so, and I know you know maybe we just get into it now. I know everyone's going to be upset about or people are still talking about the holding penalty, the drive where they kicked the field goal, which was one of the most important drives of the game, there was, I thought, two calls that that went against the Chiefs that could have gone the other way, right? Because there was the fumble catch, what looked like a catch, fumble by Miles Sanders that goes for a touchdown the other way that they call an incomplete pass. And then there was that Dallas Goddard catch, um, which you still can't convince me that that was, I don't know. I guess it was really close, but it didn't look like a catch to me. So to ho- only hold them to a field goal after those two things on that drive was pretty big. Yeah, I, I actually
0: was – I just rewatched all of that. Um, and the Goddard catch, I, I think it's just – it's a stands play because he double caught it, and he was basically completing the catch as his other foot was coming off the ground, and, and that's what they were looking at there. I will say on the on, on the holding call – when like when you're in a bar watching a game, like you can hear some of the broadcast, obviously the sounds on. But but then there's a lot of noise and like you don't catch everything. And the fact that Mike Pereira said he thought it was a good call and like saw it as a hold made me feel a little bit better. I didn't catch that until today when I was rewatching it. Um, And, and then the fact that the player was like James Bradbury basically said like, yeah, I held him. I was hoping they'd let it go. The one thing about that comment by Bradbury, if that's true, it's a really dumb play. Like if if because they would have been better off Juju Smith Schuster catching that ball for a touchdown than than what happened. Like the whole the penalty for a first down was the only thing that you couldn't have happened right there. So for for sure, I I mean, thinking of that in the moment, you like if you think you're beat, you you reach out and grab the guy. That's that's just instincts, but but the penalty was the automatic first down play
1: was the only thing that they couldn't have happened there. Yeah. One of the agreed. Um, I think that's probably pretty tough to, to think about that in the moment. But one of the, uh, one of the things that I was pleasantly surprised with Carl, Carl Sheffers, Sheffers calls this game. He's notorious for like, he has thrown the most penalties in the league the last like three years he he did the super bowl against the bucks 2 years ago and just threw penalty after penalty and this this uh, there were very few flags in this game and it seemed like when there was a flag for the most part save that last one which was controversial it was all very obvious right so you had a you had a couple you had a couple of those reviews that could have gone either way but seemed like they called a pretty clean game and like he didn't get in the way of of the flow of the game which he normally does there was a key
0: third down early in in the first half on one of the drives where the Chiefs didn't score that Juju Smith Schuster thought he got held on that right. one and they didn't call it. And so yeah. I heard a couple it was a of people Bradbury again. I heard a couple of pundits make points today basically saying because they hadn't been calling penalties the entire game is why they shouldn't have called that penalty. Cause like if you're calling that a ticky tack hold all game long, then yeah, keep calling it. But if you're if you're letting stuff go all game long, then now why all of a sudden are you going to call it under two minutes? I can kind of get behind that logic a little bit. What do you guys think about the glove color theory? Um, I'm unaware. I'm unaware. I'm unaware. Basically, Coward was saying today that like, and I think he had a guest on saying it, that if you're playing a team wearing white jerseys, you should be wearing white gloves.
1: You shouldn't wear dark gloves. I mean, I guess it logically makes sense, but I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to ask James Bradbury. <laughs> I'd like to ask Nick Sirianni. Now, just let's see if we can get on the uh, Eagles equipment manager. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're looking more for like the stretch of a shirt than they are for color of glove, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um I do have a take I have a take. You guys might not like it. Um
2: let's, let's I, don't hear think it ma- I don't think Mahomes should have been the Super Bowl MVP. Um who do you who do you give it to? I think they should have given it but or gave it to Pacheco or Kadarius Tony. I mean that punt return was unbelievable. Uh I mean Mahomes played an okay first I mean, not a good first half, but he had one eighty two for three touchdowns, which is pretty yeah, good. Dude. But Pacheco, I mean, I I don't see where we're at that at that game without Pacheco.
0: So I got a couple of things on that. The the counting stats maybe weren't there for Mahomes, but he 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 made literally one hundred percent positive plays and like almost zero negative plays the entire game. So like his passer rating was like one thirty, his QBR was ninety six. So there's that to start. Like he played an awesome game. They just they had a sixty five yard punt return. And a fumble six that that made it so they didn't have to have those drives that would have accumulated more yards. In addition, I think it's just kind of like it defaults to the quarterback unless there's an obvious choice uh, of somebody else. So the fact that you didn't like have an automatic like this is the guy that it should have been tells you why it was Pat Mahomes because I think it, it uh, I think it could have been Nick Bolton too. If honestly. Nick Bolton gets the second I mean, fumble six, yeah. yes, probably. But I, dude, these guys are like legacy freaks and stuff. And like Nick Bolton's legacy is not going to, I mean, I guess Nick Bolton's not going to have a legacy. I mean, I mean, he's a great player, but like nobody's going to be talking about
1: Nick Bolton's career 50 years from now. Just let Pat Mahomes have it. Yeah. Legacy freaks. I like that. Um, intern P I really wanted to say that that was a really stupid take. Um, and it would be not be surprising if I said that of a take coming from you. Um, I think you're wrong, but the two names you threw out would would be the right names. Um, like I was talked to Sasha earlier, and like I think Nick Nick Bolton, I effing love him as a defensive player. Like I think he played a great game last night, and he made like rewatching the game tonight. Like he just made so many sure tackles, like on Gainwell. On that third and 10 to make him kick a field goal on that first drive in the second half. Um, so I agree, Nick Bolton played great. Can't give him the MVP. Um, and Pacheco, like the, it was also amazing that Andy Reid stayed committed to the run, being t- down 10 at halftime. And I don't know how the Chief somehow found like the perfect back to compliment Mahomes. Like the way that that guy runs is amazing, and he like even when they've got him behind the line line of scrimmage for a loss of two yards, he somehow gets two positive yards. I think he played a great game. He still he still only had I think he was like fifteen for seventy six. Yeah, yeah, something something like that.
2: Fifteen for seventy six and a touchdown. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, so I I love how he played. I like. I love how he runs. I think he's the perfect complement to Mahomes, and I can't believe we didn't abandon the run in the second half. But to Sasha's point, like Mahomes essentially played a perfect game. Like in the, the second like the, half for sure. Yeah. In the in the second half, in the first half, there was he had one of his like signature flips that he kind of flipped right to an Eagles linebacker on third down. Um could have gotten intercepted. But um, so
0: just just to elaborate on those three players a little bit more, because Bolton, Pacheco, and Tony, I think they were all one... Basically, there was one play in the game that it had it gone differently, they could have stolen away the MVP. If Tony cashes the pe- punt return and it goes for a touchdown, he probably wins the MVP. If Pacheco... There was a run on the last Chiefs drive that Pacheco busts out into the open field. He gains like 10 or 12 yards, but Gardner-Johnson... Tackles him they in the open field, tackled. and they sh- in the replay that I was just watching, they showed the back angle. There was nobody else there, so no if he houses there. that for like sixty-five yards, he probably wins the MVP. And if Bolton gets the second touchdown, the second fumble six, he probably wins the MVP. But like short of any of those performances happening, I think it went the right way.
1: Yeah, and this this gets me to my my only and slight mini mini Chiefs rant, which I've been doing the last couple of weeks. Like all we heard for three weeks was how the Eagles roster was better, you know, one to fifty three, and this was like a like to your point about Mahomes throws for one hundred and eighty three yards. It was a complete team win. Like Pacheco, Tony, Skymore, Juju played a great game. Kelsey, obviously, Legarius Sneed, um, Nick Bolton. Like, all those dudes, like, like I feel, I mean, Sasha, we've talked about it before, I just feel like the Chiefs roster gets disrespected a lot, like, basically just because they have Mahomes.
0: The fact that you've got, like, three other guys that you're talking about potentially being the MVP of the game, and none of them are Travis Kelsey either, it tells you a lot. And, right? Yeah, and the, the Chiefs played really physical in that game, too, and they're, they're known as a finesse team. Uh, or at least I think that's the perception of them out in the world. And, like, they came out early in that game and were, were hitting. Um, it wasn't always, like, effective. They they just couldn't get off the field on third down. They almost had a three and out the first drive, which probably would have really changed the complexion of things, but it didn't happen. Um, and so, yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly that their roster is fairly disrespected, and it's super young. They only had eleven guys from their first Super Bowl still on the team, yeah.
1: yeah, I know I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but yeah i don't I don't think this team's going away anytime soon. We didn't even talk about their offensive line either. They
2: shut down a quote unquote historic defensive line for no sacks uh that's the whole that was the whole narrative the whole week they can't stop their d line they can't stop this defense and they stopped him for sure. They, uh, I mean, that was one of the best offensive lines from both teams too, as well that I've seen in a long time. I so mean, real 30 quick,
0: thirty-five points is awesome. Since P brought up the no sacks thing, um, I think this ties in a little bit. What do you guys make of the field conditions? And the reason I think that ties in a little bit is because there was some people talking about that's that's why neither D line was getting pressure because. Cause the footing wasn't good. Kind of like when the bills couldn't get any pressure on Joe Burrow in the snow. Now I, I don't think it rises to that level of like playing on snow, but there was some theories out there about, about the field.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a thing. Um, and I, and I also certainly think that when field condition, when footings poor, it favors the offense, right? Cause yeah. offensive, cause offensive players know where, know where they're going and defensive players don't. Um, I mean, and, and the reason I'm saying, I think it's a thing is just because uh, I like when I was rewatching this just on the touchdown celebrations of Travis, Kelsey and Pacheco, both of them slipped like before, like before they started their dance. So it was yeah. clearly it, like, it was clearly, it was clearly not normal conditions. And also the chiefs played, the chiefs played in the same stadium in week one, Right. And Butker rolled his ankle in the same exact way that the Eagles kicker went down when he was kicking that that kickoff yeah. last night. Yeah. Um, and McDuffie pulled his hamstring. Right. And and after that game, I re- remember Andy Reid saying it was the worst field conditions they played on all year. And it seemed like it was the same thing last night. So, so like for whatever reason, Arizona couldn't seem to get that figured out in the last 20 weeks. It, it makes you wonder,
0: too, if like that field was in Butker's head a little bit. He misses that first field goal. Then later in the game, I didn't even realize how close he came to actually missing an extra point, the one that put him up one point. Um, So I don't think he was ever fully healthy all year. And going back on the field that he hurt his ankle on, it's and then probably didn't help. Then uh, Greg Olson starts talking about him standing in the paint on that last field goal. I'm glad I couldn't hear that in
1: real time. I heard it in real time and I was nervous as shit. Um, just one, one other Sasha P's comment on the D line and no sacks made me think of it, but it's, I think a lot of that is the game plan that the, that the chiefs ran. Um, and the reason I bring that up is I think um, in the second half, Andy Reid really, really outcoached Sirianni. And I was reading a lot of stuff that so those those two wide open touchdowns, one to Kadarius Tony, one to Sky Moore, I think yeah. both on third down, um, though, the, those were completely set up by action that the Chiefs were doing in the first half intentionally to to see the way the Eagles were playing jet sweep and then run counters off of them to get wide open touchdowns. Like, I think the game plan in the second half was like so spot on. And so, basically, like they were using stuff in the first half to set up everything they wanted to do in the second half, uh, which is pretty risky when you go into the second half down ten. But um, yeah, Any, anyways, I think this was definitely an Andy Reid game plan Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I I, I want to get into Andy Reid and Mahomes and some legacy stuff in the next segment, but I'll just say like Andy Reid has has basically he's evolved into the best coach in the league um and i think he's 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 a really good combination of experience and innovation like there's all these new young offensive coaches that that innovate and know know how to run offense and and have all these good ideas and and move with the game and move with the trends but there's no replace for, like, 30 years of NFL coaching experience. And, and the fact that he has all that experience but also is right on par with all these young wonder kids uh, is what has made him so effective in the last 10 years, five, 5, 10 years. I mean, he was always effective. But, like, I think he's taken it to a new level.
1: Yeah, for sure. I also don't think he's on par with the wonder kids. Like I think he's better than them. He like he's just I just mean he I think he's the best off- offensive mind in the game and then you give him Pat Mahomes and you're kind of screwed. Yeah.
0: All right. I want to talk some bigger picture stuff on the other side of the break, but uh, any last thoughts on the game before we get into that?
2: Uh, Jalen hurts is a beast. He's going to be one for he's a franchise quarterback. We can talk about this after as well.
0: We didn't really talk about the Eagles at all, but he is a beast. Jalen Hurts is a beast. Let's do this. Let's look big picture legacies, and we'll include Jalen Hurts in that and some of the Eagles players as well. We'll do that on the other side of the break. You're listening to BroStorm Sports. Stay with us. Having an event that needs amazing entertainment? Hi-Fi Productions is the way to go. They bring their mobile dueling pianos and provide a highly interactive and fun show that's perfect for fundraisers, corporate events, or any kind of party. Is somebody getting married soon? Hi-Fi also provides the best wedding DJ service around. Winning Wedding Wire's Couples Choice Award four years in a row, they know how to pack a dance floor. Based in Wichita, Kansas, visit HiFiProductions.net to book your unforgettable event. Welcome back into BroStorm Sports. We're talking Super Bowl 57. Chiefs got the victory over the Eagles. Uh, before we get into some, some legacy stuff, any of you guys have any good prop bets last night? Tails, tails hit. That was nice. Uh, tails over, over on the
2: uh, on the national anthem hit. That that was right. Um, I don't know. I
1: didn't really even do I can, any pops, but I can, I, think I can tell you one one thing, Pete. Gatorade was not clear, like you no, led us to believe true. it would be. <laughs> that's true. It's it was purple, but
2: uh, it was plus nine hundred when I looked. Yeah. So I was going to say, I was on. I had to be way be down
1: real, Nostradamus. <laughs>
2: But, but sorry, no, I, didn't have any, I really didn't right? have it. I didn't have any prop bets. It was, it's. I was just betting on the game. So,
0: so I had a, uh, I had one parlay that I thought should have hit. Jarek McKinnon obviously um, went down on the one yard line at the end, which he had to. So no big deal there. But he also got tackled on like the half yard line earlier in yeah. the game, and I had, I had the Chiefs the over and Jarek McKinnon to score a touchdown. I took it live. It was like. It was like a plus six hundred bet. Should have hit. Didn't. Uh, it's all right.
1: Yeah, that's tough. I uh I as as uh I told you all and the listeners last week, I had a pretty heavy dose of, of uh my account on the Chiefs winning. Um so I didn't I didn't so that, that worked out. I didn't place a lot of prop bets. I did place a few parlays, none of which hit. Um there was some dipshit. At the party last night, like right as the Chiefs were lining up for that first field goal. And he's like, I took a 20 to one bet that one uh, that a kick would hit one of the uprights. <laughs> yeah. The doink bet. Yeah, he said that to me as the Chiefs were lining up for the field goal. And then Butker doinks it off the freaking upright. And I'm like, All right, dude, get the hell out of here. Yeah. I
0: uh, <laughs> I I love I mean, you, Andy. I heard, I heard about that. And our buddy Andy.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Big Andy guy. <laughs> um. Yeah. So n- no major prop bets. I l- I'll leave that to the to the intern peas of the world. Yeah. 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 We
2: are uh, we are a little low on the uh, props here, uh, but if you want to get back and I just want to talk about Jalen Hurts. I like him, and I, I was gonna say uh, I think they should have just ran QB sneak the entire game. Like if there was no injuries, if they just would have ran QB sneak the
1: entire game the Eagles would have won, and it would have been awesome I, to see. I
0: don't, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. I got so two I got two things on that. One, P, you're right to bring up Jalen Hurts. I thought that he was going to be the reason that they lost, and he most certainly wasn't. He played amazing, um, and you could definitely argue that he outplayed Mahomes, except for he had that one really big mistake, which was just a mistake. I mean, Mahomes yeah. had the same thing against the Bengals, right? Um, so the, the other thing, just quickly, Sasha, that I was going to bring up is – that that rugby fourth and one quarterback sneak where you can push the guy from behind is such be, like such bs like the the league needs to get rid of that like it doesn't even make it fun fourth fourth and ones are not even fun to watch cuz you just like that's when you go get a beer because you know they're going to make it yeah and, and then teams are just
0: constantly going for it but they so it used to be illegal to push the quarterback from behind but they just never really called it and then they just like right. changed it to where you can so yeah, it's a rugby play. Uh, it I I don't hate it. It it sucks that like the Eagles are so good at it, and the Chiefs don't even have it in their playbook. Uh, I know, I know. But I mean, I, like, so, at what point is it like Mahomes got hurt one time four years ago running this play, so we're never going to do it again? Like, at what point can the
1: Chiefs run a QB sneak again? Yeah, I think we need to get. I've been wondering that for four years. Um, I think we need to get a doctor on the podcast. Or get this, like, Dr. Chow guy that's always on somewhere talking about medical this, that, and the other. And be like, yeah, if you dislocate your kneecap once doing a quarterback sneak, is it more likely that you're going to dislocate it again? Yeah. Because the like, Chiefs are definitely terrified of him doing a quarterback sneak, which is a strategic disadvantage.
0: Yeah, it, it does hurt. Uh, they And they're one of the worst teams in the league in third and short, or fourth and right. short. So. Uh, right. It would help if they could do that, it, but nonetheless, uh, Jalen Hurts did play an incredible game. I, I'd push back a little bit on like him outplaying Mahomes in that game. Like I think they both played really well, and if you want to say it's a draw, fine. But the Chiefs won the game, and like the advanced stats actually still favor Mahomes. Passer rating, QBR, they all favored Mahomes in the game. Hurts had more counting stats but that was we've already gone into it, but that was largely due to some of the other impact plays in the game. They just changed, changed the way the game went the trajectory and they had all the time of possession. That's more the function of the chiefs defense than Mahomes. but that's neither here
1: nor there. Um, yeah, real nerd wallet specialist with that advanced stats comment. Yeah,
0: pretty much. (laughs) I, I, i got to be he honest with you can't, he can't recover can't now. Know, can't recover. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so well, flustered. Yeah, I am like, really oh, my God. Flustered. I just got
0: called a nerd. I'm flustered <laughs> because this guy just called me a nerd, and I would have gone to sleep four hours ago if I wasn't recording this podcast right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's tough, pod, and hungover. Uh, yeah. I will say this, just because you made me think of it. I was I read before the game that the Eagles were absolutely atrocious on third and short on defense, like against the run, and that really showed yesterday. Like every time the Chiefs were in a third and one, it's like they ran the ball for fifteen yards. Yeah, I, it, was, I was somewhat confused. And the, Chiefs, the Chiefs almost docking. always pass on third and one, right? Right, and they ran it every time. At, you know, I think because somehow the Eagles are like they have this vaunted defensive line, but are terrible in short yardage running situations. Yeah.
0: The, the Eagles, I think they, they've played off of having a lead all year long and and they had a lead in this game too. But also I think I, somebody said today that the best quarterback they played all year was Dak Prescott. So like if you have a lead and you're playing against Dak Prescott or worse every game, then, or I think they played Rogers too, but, the the Packers weren't as good this year. Uh, if you're playing, like, not great quarterbacks every game, then your whole defensive line is predicated on pass rush and, like, getting up the field. And then if the pass rush is always getting home, the, sec- the back end never gets tested. And basically what people are saying is, like, yeah, the Eagles' D-line is really good, but the rest of their defense really isn't. It just never really yep. showed up all year long. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. We promised a little legacy talk. I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start not with Mahomes and Reed, but actually Travis Kelsey. Is he the best tight
1: end ever? Uh not yet. Gronk's probably still slightly ahead of him, but he will be in two years, without question. The the one I, I agree. One, I agree.
0: What about is what about Tony Gonzalez? I don't even
2: yeah, I was gonna say I don't even know if he's the best Chiefs tight end yet. I don't know if he's eclipsed well, Gonzalez yet. So
0: Here's what I'll say about the best Chiefs tight end conversation. If you just look at what they did with the Chiefs, I think Kelsey has definitely eclipsed Gonzalez based on the winning and all the playoff touchdowns and catches and yards. But Gonzalez had a pretty good second act in Atlanta. So, like, just from the counting stance perspective, stats perspective, Gonzalez is pretty far out there.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's Gonzalez. I think it's Gronk, Kelsey, then Gonzalez probably. The thing that, in my mind, works against Kelsey is that he plays in an era when you when you can't just hammer the tight ends when they go over the middle, which I which I think makes a big difference. And I mean, not that he wouldn't be good anyways, but even if you go back to like the early days of Gronk years, like safeties had more of an ability to just like take a tight end's head off, which just limited like the the length of their. You career. guys want
0: to hear a wild stat though? Yeah, Gronk and Kelsey are exactly the same age. Are they really? Yes.
2: What? That that is actually really
0: wild. <laughs> both
1: yeah, and like Dude, I would I would love to see the two of them like headbutt each other and crush beers <laughs> so you can do it faster. <laughs> yeah. So we Gronk. The thing of the weird thing about Kelsey is is he had
0: kind of like he didn't burst onto the scene. So so Gronk and him came in around the, I think Gronk came in a year earlier, but they are legitimately the same age. Gronk was like good from the get. Kelsey was injured his whole first year. He played one game, got got injured in the first game. Never played again. His second year, he only started eleven games. Um, his third year, he was he was starting to show up, but he had like seven eight hundred yards. And then ever from his fourth year on, he's gone over a thousand yards every single year. So it like it took him a while to get going, but he's obviously way eclipsing Gronk on longevity. And I think a lot of it is like, yeah, Gronk. Like, gets hit, but he falls like a sack of potatoes. He falls really hard. He gets hurt. Like, Kelsey's kind of like, they used to say about Russell Wilson, like, he doesn't take the big hit. Like, he he knows how to get down. He knows how to, like, and I think Kelsey preserves himself really well, which is a testament to why he's missed, like, one game in the last
1: nine years or something. Yeah, for sure. He also doesn't really block, so there's that. I just don't get how he's,
2: (laughs) I don't know how he's open every single time. Like there's most of the time there's not a defender within five or six yards of him, and he it's it's unbelievable to watch every single game. He's like clockwork. He went for what eighty yards, seven catches or whatever, and we're just like, oh yeah, just that's Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Any other tight end, and you're like, oh
0: my god. Yeah. To Scott's point about tight ends getting hit over the middle, though, Tony Gonzalez used to get lit up all the time, and but he's just like huge, so he was lighting them up back. But yeah. It's a a valid point. It's it's a little bit easier position to play now. Last point on Kelsey. He's basically second in every major statistical playoff receiving category there is. Not just of tight ends, but of anyone. Second in catches, second in yards, second in touchdowns to only Jerry Rice in all three categories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the way he's going, he'll probably get those.
0: That'd be sick. That'd be sick. All right. So here's how I'm going to frame Andy Reid. I I think from a legacy perspective, he can't. And I think we already kind of answered this, but he he can't catch Bill Belichick like in terms of Super Bowls and like who's going to go down as the greater coach of all time. But right now, Andy Reid is the best coach in the league, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No question.
1: No question. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's look, and maybe we'll talk about uh, the Chiefs' trajectory. But, but would anyone be surprised if? So, I think Reed's sixty four. He could, he could definitely coach till he's seventy. Let's say he coaches six more years. Would anyone be surprised if the Chiefs got three championships in those six years? And 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 if they like, I'm just saying, I'm saying that's a, I know that's a long shot, but like. Yeah. That, but it could happen if he if he does and then he's sitting on five um and again a lot of stuff has to happen between now and then but last four years two super bowls they've been there three times five five AFC championship games um so I don't think the Chiefs are going anywhere so I don't think it's totally out of the question that he could get into Belichick territory if if
0: and this can kind of get into the Pat Mahomes legacy as well. If the next 5 years go exactly the same as the last 5 years have gone, which would mean three more Super Bowl appearances, two more championships, uh that gives him four Super Bowl wins and like seven appearances. I think at that point and just the fact of like that would mean he finished really strong. And who knows what Belichick's going to be doing over the next 5 years. I think at that point you might say yes, he is, he is the greatest coach of his era, and then you get into the, like the the Don Shula's and the Tom Landry's and all that. But I'm nobody knows anything about them, so nobody on this A little the, before uh, time.
1: Yeah, I mean Belichick also his legacy is kind of going in the opposite direction right now. Yeah, because he hasn't done shit without Brady, and not like. Now he's just, it's kind of like he's putting together like eight and eight team year after year, or I guess eight and nine now.
0: Yeah. The only argument you could make against that is like Andy Reid's had a lot of success in his career well before Patrick Mahomes came around, but he also never actually won anything without Patrick Mahomes. Like he never won a Super Bowl without
1: Patrick Mahomes. So. No, but he took Donovan McNabb to the Super Bowl and like five NFC Championship games. Yeah, and no, it's true. Andy Reid's been good for a long McNabb. time.
0: Um, yeah. and, and and Belichick actually was really bad before Brady. Like all his, like the Browns stint, he got fired from the Browns. So, yeah, I guess for sure Reid got fired from the Eagles too. But he did a lot of good. He stuff got he got asked happened. to
2: leave though. He got asked to leave. I don't know if he got fired. It's kind of like, kind of like me when you're at the bar getting kicked out. I didn't get kicked out. I got, I got politely asked to leave. But uh, I was not looking at their contracts. Um, they're losing Chris Jones. Well, not losing Chris Jones, but they have to pay him, and then also Frank Clark. So, how do you think they're gonna navigate through I, that? I think Chris I don't think Jones that's true
0: has a year it left 20, on it. Video. Says
2: expire. It says expires twenty twenty four. So I don't know if that means he's done yeah. this year or next year.
0: What kind well, of this next season use, is 2023. Like Are you looking at spot track? Is
2: yeah, that, I'm looking at spot track. So
0: my understanding is the only guy that, like, is not under contract, like, key player that's not going to be under contract for next year is Orlando Brown Jr. Um, And they can tag that's him. That's probably why they, he's not on here. Yeah. That's probably why he's not on here because he's – but, like, yeah, I, I think they retain Chris Jones, and they might extend him. Like, I don't know if his con I, I'm pretty sure his contract's not up, but usually guys start wanting contracts before they're up. So they might extend Chris Jones. Uh, they'll probably pay Orlando Brown Jr., but, like, I also don't think they would be scared to to let him walk if he's unreasonable, which there's a good chance he will be considering the way it went last offseason. Um then you got to like figure out left tackle and that could be a problem. So I, my sense is that they'll pay him, but they're in a pretty good situation from like salary cap perspectives and, and all of that. We talked about a little bit in between the segments, but like getting that 10 year deal done with Patrick Mahomes, was a really good deal for them. It gives them a lot of flexibility. And the fact that they traded Tyreek Hill and got all those picks, they got really young. They got a lot of dudes on their rookie contract, and they don't have $30 million
1: going to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I mean, right now, Brett Veach looks like the smartest guy in football. Like, the, And the fact that they absolutely nailed the last two drafts drafts is, I mean, it's insane. They got, they're got they going into next year with a ton of young dudes who they're, are really cheap, and they're, you know, they're not gonna have to pay for a long time.
2: What are they gonna do with Clyde Edwards later now? What's what's his role? He's I mean, are they gonna he, run him out of, of town? I mean, He's no role.
0: Yeah. He's coming out of his third year. So they, they won't pick up his fifth year option, obviously, which this is the year that you make that decision. You you decide before the fourth year whether you're picking up the fifth year option on first rounders. Uh so I think like they might dabble and see if they can get a pick for him like see but i i don't think there's a whole lot of a market for him uh, i think he'll if if i don't think they're going to cut him i think they'll let him play out that fourth year of the deal and like you never know what happens with running backs and injuries so they'll keep him around
1: for depth yeah i don't i don't see a place for him on this roster like i i i kind of get the thinking when they drafted him but it's so clear to me now that like the Chiefs need a battering ram and that's not what he is. Yeah. It, it, How did Pacheco fall to the seventh
2: round? What what did they what did everyone miss? Did he get in trouble or it, something? It, or it, what? It,
1: no, they said that the the Rutgers offensive line was so bad, he just literally had nowhere to run ever.
2: There you go. Answered my question. But he, he came out of nowhere and I, I love his game. I do.
0: Yeah. So I was worried about like when when the camp reports started coming out about Pacheco and like hey he looks pretty good like he might do something for us. I, I was just having flashbacks to Darwin Thompson. Like he was like a sixth round back a couple of years ago that everyone was like hey this dude's pretty quick like he could do something. And I'm like I'll believe it when it starts happening on the field because like these training camp reports are always BS. Nobody really knows what anyone's gonna do. And then like lo and behold. Pacheco's pretty damn good. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: All right. We better talk Mahomes, huh?
0: Yeah, probably a good idea. I. It's so hard to, like, frame the conversation. Like, Mahomes has literally only played five years. But I, I think if he retired tomorrow, he's top 10 all time. I mean, I, mean, top, I, don't even I didn't want to overshoot thing.
1: it. I don't know that that's even controversial. No, I don't think
0: it's controversial. But I didn't, I I didn't go as far as top five just because, like, if he retired tomorrow, that means he does no more. Like his counting stats are going to be a lot less than other guys. But the two Super Bowl championships already puts him ahead of Rodgers, Manning. Like, yeah, all the guys or Manning has two. But
2: what's your top five quarterbacks all time right now? You you asking me? Whoever just I mean I mean I can tell you uh,
0: Brady's one. Um probably Montana still two. But then I think you start looking at Mahomes then, to be honest. Really? Like really? Okay. It, it depends on how you how you're framing that. Like if if you're if you're extrapolating out like a projection that even if he doesn't like win more Super Bowls, he's at least at least going to like continue to play for another five or ten years and put up some stats, or if you're just saying like if he retires tomorrow, that's that's a totally different like scenario. But yeah, like Mahomes is in the category with like him, Peyton Manning, um,
2: John Elway, Drew, Drew Brees too. I think I think uh, I don't think he's eclipsed Drew Brees yet. I,
0: I'm not a huge Brees guy. I, Brees
1: only had one Super Bowl.
0: Hey, you yeah, guys yeah. in your Super Bowls, you guys are. I,
1: I would, I would say, and I, and I could be talked into the the varying order of the last four, but I would say Brady, Montana, Elway, Mahomes, um, Manning, Peyton Manning. It's like, but, but Sasha, to your, oh man, I'm getting some some feedback here, Sasha, to your question, like I think he's definitely top ten, so. Let's just run down the numbers here. He's played five years. He's played in five AFC championship games, three Super Bowls, two Super Bowl wins, two league MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. This year he led the league in passing. He led the league in league in yards. He led the league in um touchdown passes. Uh, touch he led the league in touchdown passes. He had the got MVP, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Um like it's the most ridiculous 5 years you could ever imagine there's a longevity thing so he's got to play more to yeah. like to, to to catch up to some of these guys but he's already like he's already on the mount rush more of quarterbacks the thing that i think is so wild about patrick mahomes is like he like his ability to evolve in those 5 years has been amazing right like i kept i kept hearing Everyone this week be like, well, the like this game is going to play out just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl, right? And it's like, if you thought that was the case, then you haven't been watching Mahomes for the last two years because he basically took what happened in that game and he took what happened in the Bengals game and he completely evolved as a quarterback, right? Um, and the, just the way that you saw him like working through his reads like quickly and, and like getting the ball out and going through progressions and just completely different quarterback than he was when he shredded the league two years ago. Um, so nothing indicates to me that he's not going to continue to do that. And just like, he's going to be like levitating on a different level in four or five years. I feel like.
0: Yeah. and uh, So like the, the yardage and the touchdown pass and all of that, that takes the longevity to get. But if you just look at like trophies, in the trophy case at the end of her career. The only the only uh I think there's only two other guys that have two Super Bowl MVPs and two league MVPs. And it's Brady and Montana.
1: I think it's I think that list is four. Brady, Montana, Manning, and, and Mahomes. And Manning didn't win the
0: Super Bowl MVP in his second Super Bowl. The legacy uh, Sorry, on two there.
1: two Super Bowls, two league MVPs. Yeah, but also two guys.
0: Super Bowl MVPs is what I was yeah, saying. Okay. Like where they were the MVP of the Super Bowl. Got it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Von Von Miller won that last one. Yeah. I mean Peyton Manning also. He could barely throw when they won that when they won that second Super Bowl. So you, yeah. I, th- I think I think I probably put Mahomes ahead of Manning right now. Mahomes'
0: peak has been better than Man- Peyton Manning's peak ever was. Probably. Like, these five years have been better than any five years Manning had. But Manning had some pretty high peaks, too. Like, he was four-time league MVP, and he had the longevity. I I, I, I know I said Brady-Montana, and then I might get into the Mahomes conversation, but I would probably still put Peyton Manning ahead of him. Yeah, whatever. Um, reg- But I think, like, if you extrapolate out what he's doing, it's going to be a two-person conversation. Like if he continues on this trajectory, it's going to be him and Brady.
1: Well, so let me ask let me ask you this back to the like let's mix let's mix Reed Mahomes, uh, Chiefs dynasty all into one thing, and let's assume that Reed coaches six more years. Um, what do you put the over under of the number of Super Bowls they get in that six years? What do you put it at? It's Super Bowls they go to, Dude, and Super Bowls they it would, win. It would be uh, two to win. Obviously. I would put the
0: over on I would put it at it one seems low but I think a, like a legitimate line would be one and a half and yeah. like I would probably take the over and think they'd get two but I think like a legitimate Vegas line if somebody was making that line would be one and a half um, and then appearances two and a half like as the line yeah. two appearances yeah. three. And the thing about the appearances is is th- these other quarterbacks want to go to the Super Bowl too. Like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. These they're not as good as Mahomes, but like take whoever you thought was the best quarterback in the 90s, they didn't make it to the Super Bowl every single year. Like Montana didn't go to the Super Bowl every single year cuz Troy Aikman existed and Elway and Marino both existed on the AFC side even though Marino only went like that second year. Uh and Jim Kelly and like even even though Montana was the best of the bunch, there's a lot of competition out there.
1: Yeah, for for sure, for sure. Especially in the AFC. What, what like, what is what is crazy is that, and I'm sure the whole league is thinking about this. Is like the last couple of years are when you needed to get the Chiefs because they were like, what's it's it's kind of odd to say now that Mahomes is the oldest of all that that crop of young quarterbacks, and, and the Chiefs were paying their quarterback first. Yeah, and so they that the whole league has had a couple years now where they had these rookie stud quarterbacks and could spend their money elsewhere. Um, And they got the Chiefs a couple years, um, but none of those quarterbacks in the AFC got any. And now they're all like Burrow's going to have to get paid next year. Josh Allen's already getting paid. Herbert's going to have to get paid soon. Yeah, Mark Jackson's going to have to get paid. Jalen Hurts is going to have to get paid.
0: And the crazy thing about that is the quarterback money keeps going up. And Mahomes is going was the first to get paid the first time, and he's gonna be the last to get paid the next time, because yeah. everybody's signing five year deals, and he signed a ten year deal. Yeah, smoking that Joe Burrow, smoking that Joe Burrow.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to say. They just you just won a Super Bowl, so I'll I'll keep my mouth shut on that one. But I'm a little nervous when Kelsey kind of goes off a cliff. Who's he gonna throw to? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many how many years do you have left? Legitimately, two. Two prime years left, and then
0: a show of himself probably. I think it's it's reasonable to be nervous that like losing Travis Kelsey will be a big hit to them. I don't think it's reasonable to think that Mahomes will fall off a cliff because Kelsey's gone. Like he'll he'll figure
1: it out, right? Yeah, I'm guessing the Chiefs throw some darts at some tight ends the next couple of years in the draft.
0: Yeah, I just. Kelsey's like a very unique player though. It's not like you just go find the most athletic freak tight end and he's going to become Travis Kelsey. He does it in a, a really different way than most other tight ends do. Like Kyle Pitts was the most athletic freak coming out as a tight end in the last few years and I'm sure he'll be a great player, but even and even if he ends up being as good as Kelsey is, he doesn't Kelsey's not an athletic freak like Kyle Pitts. He just He's just, like, intelligent, reads defenses, finds spots. And I think that's a little bit harder to pinpoint.
1: Yeah, for sure. I agree.
0: Um, all right. I think we're all yeah. pretty hungover we're from last night it. still. So let's just uh, – let's call it a show. Um, we're probably not as hungover as, like, Travis Kelsey would be if he was doing the New Heights podcast today. But – uh this has been an episode of Brostorm Sports. Give us a follow on the socials: uh, yeah. TikTok at Brostorm Sports, Instagram, same thing. Subscribe, rate, give us five stars. We'll see you next time.